Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We would love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit our website at www.lifechurchofrichmond.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. song there's only one change that I would make to it on that last line where it says you've never failed me yet I'd just go ahead and scratch that yet part off because guess what he's not going to fail you amen he's never failed you he's not going to start tomorrow or next week or next month God's never failed you because that's who he is that's what his nature is amen God is so good why don't you turn around shake hands with somebody next to you Tell them it's good to see them in church tonight. How about that weather? I don't know if you got it at your house, but only in Virginia on the spring can you have all in one day sunshine, rain, snow, sleet, hail, and 50-mile-an-hour winds. Amen. I didn't know what was happening at my house. We were getting ready to leave, and all of a sudden the wind started blowing like crazy, and I looked outside, and it was raining. Then I looked outside, and I said, is it snowing? Then it started bouncing off of the driveway, and I said, no, that's hail. Then it started sticking. I said, no, that's sleet. And then our, our car was covered, and within a few minutes it all melted away, and here we are ready for revival. Amen. So good to see everybody tonight. Thanks for coming out. Why don't we welcome uh, – our guest, Pastor Tony Suarez, he's done an amazing job this week. I'm excited about what God is going to do for us here tonight. Amen. So good to have him with us. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for making the trip out to the house of the Lord tonight with all of that weird weather that happened. And I just want to thank God. And I'll tell you, here's my testimony for the day. Everyone should have, you know, a daily testimony, the goodness of the Lord. Well, here's my testimony. My favorite fried chicken in the world 
is about an hour from here. And I'm going to tell you where it is so that I don't have to wait in the line when I go for it. It's at Mickey's Tavern up in Charlottesville. It's my favorite chicken in the whole world. And today I took a road trip with Pastor Buddy for fried chicken and Pastor Robin because that's how much we're dedicated to eating fried chicken. We'll drive an hour if it's good. And I just want to thank God that all the crummy weather came after we got our chicken and our mashed potatoes. And I just want to thank God it didn't come to your dinner time. But I just want to thank him that it, it was good during our lunchtime. Amen. Amen. Uh, I have some books in the back. Uh, one book is a book that I wrote uh, that was released uh, right at the an tail end of 2018. It's called The Triumphant Church. Uh, my wife recorded a CD that's available out there. And all of the music that's on there, uh, or most of it, she co-wrote it. And there's some amazing music on there. And um, on Sunday, I might touch on one of the songs, but uh, just because it's, I'm, I was thinking about it today, one of the songs that's on that CD, on that album, is called You Control It All. Gene uh, and I have lived through a very similar experience. Both of us were previously married, and both of us lost spouses to cancer when we were in our 30s. And um, it's just for, for us to find each other after having lived through the ex almost the exact same thing is just, it, it, it had to be God. Um, at least that's how we felt. But there's a song on there that really uh, touches me. Uh, before, way before Gina ever had, you know, agreed to marry me or while she was still trying to get her 100th confirmation from the Lord if I was the one or not. Um, I heard a song on there that's called You Control It All. It's the last song that her late husband wrote. It's what Corey wrote while he was battling colon cancer. And he wrote this song that says, you control it all, you control it all. The good and the bad, the happy and the sad. You control it all, you control it all. I know I'll find shelter from all harm when I'm resting in your arms because I know that you control it all. It's the last song he ever wrote. And he passed before he could finish. And so the last verse is the verse that Gina wrote after he passed. And that last verse says, and now I walk by faith, not knowing where I am, but trusting and believing. It's, it, anyhow, it's a very powerful, powerful song. And so, not just because she's my wife, but because it, 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 I promise you, it will minister to you, it will bless you. And I, uh, Pastor Rodney, I think, I don't, I don't know, there might be like five, five that are still out there. So we were selling them at 15. If there's five, we'll bump it up to 35 or something, I guess. We'll do like eBay style, but anyhow, they're out there. And then there's two more books. One is called Shake Free. Shake Free was written by my mentor, uh, Pastor Sam Rodriguez, an incredible, incredible man of God. He wrote this book called Shake Free. And it, it's all. And if you've ever gone through a storm, if you've ever gone through any kind of trouble, that is an incredible book. That's out there. And then there's one um, about miracles in it. What it was was these pastors and some faith, some leaders got together and tried to find modern-day stories of miracles that have taken place now. Uh, because not everyone, if, when we talk about Daniel and the lion's den and Lazarus and all of these stories, they're true. They're true and timeless stories. But sometimes, uh, sometimes somebody says, but has God done anything this year or the last five years? And I'm not, I'm not, I don't mean that in like a sarcastic way, but people ask. And so it's a collection of testimonies of miracles that God has done here recently, even in like the last decade or even in the last year. I think that would be a blessing. So that's out there for you, and well, as, for you as well. And if you buy those books, not only will Pastor Buddy and I eat chicken, but our children will eat chicken as well. So thank you for feeding the children. Amen. I'm not going to preach long tonight. I felt like God said that tonight this would be a miracle healing service. And so 
uh, when, I, I, amen, amen, thank you, I feel that, thank you for that confirmation, amen, I believe God's going to do something special tonight, and um, I'm gonna t we're going to set the stage for that, so I'm not going to preach long, I might preach 15 minutes, at least in my head I'm going to preach 15 minutes, let's see how it goes, and then I told the musicians to stay, uh, because I think I'm only going to preach 15 minutes, and then we're going to set the atmosphere, and then we're just going to come forward, and we're going to minister one to another. If you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, the, Bi the Bible says, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they'll cast out devils. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Amen? So if we are a body of believers, then signs and miracles and wonders should follow us. There should be some evidence of what we believe. So tonight, we're going to activate the believers. We're going to activate the church, and we're going to minister one to another. And I believe God's going to pour out signs, miracles, and wonders. And when we leave, I heard Johnny James say uh, many, many years ago, he's an old preacher that's like a walking Bible. He can write, recite everything in the Bible, never looks at a page of notes, never looks at a Bible and just says incredible things. And he said that his motive is that when he goes to minister to someone, he goes, you go to some places and people leave and they say, wow, what a preacher. He said, when I get done ministering, I want people to leave and say, wow, what a God. What we're going to do tonight is we're going to do, we're going to, we're going to draw like a magnet. We're going to draw the presence of God into this sanctuary through our action. And when we leave here, we're going to say, wow, look what the Lord has done at this church. Look at what the Lord has done. Look at our God. There's no one like him. Would you worship him one time? Amen. 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 Would you stand with me for the reading of God's word? We're going to Psalms 103, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And we're going to read verse 1 through verse 6. 1 through verse 6. And there's one word that I'll catch there and, and change it over to an older translation because I like the word a little better how it says it in the King James, and, but it, it all means the same. So it says, let all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord, and may I never forget the good things that he does for me. That's the part I want to reference back to the older version. The older version says, and let us forget not his benefits. Okay? Now, and then what are the benefits? Number three, he forgives all of my sins and heals all of my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. And my youth is renewed like the eagles. In verse 6, the Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. If you've ever been done dirty, if they've ever done you wrong, if you've, if you've ever been treated unfairly, the Bible says the Lord, I don't, I don't know about your enemies, but the Lord is going to give you righteousness and the Lord is going to give you justice. God's going to pour out righteousness and justice over this house tonight. I feel like there's some people here tonight that are long overdue for some righteousness and justice, but we're about to see and feel the goodness of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you. I thank you in advance for what you're going to do. Father, I thank you because my expectation is high tonight. I feel like you're going to move. I feel like you're going to heal, like you're going to deliver, like you're going to save and you're going to redeem and you're going to restore. I ask you tonight, oh God, baptize those that need the Holy Ghost with the power from on high. I ask you to heal those that need healing and deliver those that need deliverance. Let us leave this place in, in just utter wonder of the goodness and the mercy and the righteousness of the living God. I ask that you 
you confirm your word tonight with signs, miracles, and wonders in the name, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Amen and amen. Would you clap your hands and would you worship God one time, one more time, would you just worship God with your own words, with your own emotion, with your own gratitude, with your own thankfulness to God. Would you create an atmosphere of praise and worship to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Um, I used to make, you know, a lot of, well, all preachers make the jokes that when you preach, not everyone remembers what you preach, and that's based on, I mean, there was there was a lady in our church, I still remember, in Norfolk, I got done preaching, I was waiting after the service, forgive me, not a lady, it was, it was a man, Brother Narciso, I got done preaching, he came out, he goes, Pastor, my God, you hit me where it hurts today, I'm like, well, amen, praise God, I mean, nobody's ever said that to me, you know, and he said, I'll never be the same, and to be honest, I didn't think it was that good that week, like, I was kind of struggling, and I said, man, what what, what was it that did it? And he's like, man, I got, I'm not going to lie. I don't have a good memory. I can't remember. All I know is I'll never be the same. <laughs> he just couldn't remember. So in that spirit, I'm going to tell you what is a classic story of mine, and I'm going to do it quickly. I won't do it as long as I have because I know I've told it in this story in this church before. When I was living in Virginia, when I first moved him from Chicago, we bought this new house, and we bought a stove. The stove burnt down. We had a kitchen fire, and the stove burnt down. This was an expensive stove, and I didn't have a lot of money. The reason I bought the stove is because the sales lady was so good selling me the stove, she compelled me to buy the stove. And one of the ways that she did it was talking to me about the benefits that came with buying the stove at that store. She said, sir, I know it's a lot more money than the other ones you've been looking at. This thing had a butter, a, a butter melter. It had a chocolate melter. I have never melted chocolate in my life. But I thought it was kind of bougie that I had the option to melt it if I ever wanted to. I have always melted my butter in the microwave, but it was kind of cool that I could melt it on the stove old school if I wanted to. Not on one of the regular, you know, uh, burners, but I had a special, specialized butter burner to melt my butter. It's kind of, I just felt I, like I was broke, but I felt bougie when I stood in front of my stove. I knew I wasn't rich anywhere else, but I was rich in front of that stove making those payments for the next four years. I felt rich there. And so we bought the stove. We get the stove home. We have a kitchen fire. It's burnt down, and we don't have more money to go buy a new stove. And we're sitting there trying to figure out what we're going to do. And it dawns on me to go read the warranty because the warranty had said that we had 30 days. This is what the lady said. You got 30 days. If for any reason in the next 30 days something goes wrong, if in the next 30 days you don't like it, it doesn't matter what happens, you can return it, no questions asked. Doesn't matter if it's your fault. Doesn't matter if you just don't like it. Your wife doesn't, you know, falls out of love with it. Anything happens, no questions asked. Well, we had only had the thing three weeks. Judge me if you want. I called him. I called him. I, yes, I did. Yes, I did. I feel judgment on this side of the room. I called him. Yes, I did. Don't judge me back there. I feel you back there. You left your cell phone on last night. You'll be judging me right now. I left it on. Uh, now I left it on. Yes, I did call that store. And I called, and very kindly, I said, it's not what I expected after three weeks. And they said, well, for quality assurance, can you tell us why? And I said, no, I cannot. 
And she said, well, we just want to improve our customer service and our product, and we just like to know why. And I said, uh, no, thank you, because you told me that when I bought it, if I didn't like it, I could return it, no questions asked. I don't want to get into the minutia about why I'm returning it. So I just, you know, I, I stood my ground. So a few days later, these tall guys, everybody's tall to me, but these tall guys walk into the room, walk into my house, and they're looking for the stove. When they walked in the kitchen, they looked at the stove. They didn't even talk. They just breathed. And turned around, and they said all kinds of stuff that you can't say in the church or in the parking lot. But they said it. And they're like, are you for real? And who do you think you are? They talked about my mom. They talked about all kinds of stuff. They talked about, I mean, they just, the guy went off. I mean, he was mad. And I'm just, I'm trembling in fear. But I'm trembling, but I'm not alone. Because I had the warranty in my hand. And he said, what gives you the right? And who do you think you are? And I would, I cannot believe that you would do, who do you think you are? What gives you the right? And I, it's like I want him to hit me so I can get the insurance money, but I also like don't want to get too hurt. You know, like I'm like, I'm kidding. And he said, what's that? I said, so what? I said, it says no questions asked, 30 days. And give me that. And he read it, and he said other stuff you can't say. And the other guy said, what? He said, you're not going to believe it. And the other guy said, nah. And he goes, uh-huh. We got to take it back. And he looked at me, and he said, well, aren't you lucky that you read the warranty? They had to take the stove, put it out of my house, and bring me a new stove. And I didn't let him plug that one in. But I got a new stove. Now, you can judge me for the story. But according to the warranty, I had the right to do what I did. I had the right because the warranty said it doesn't matter the reason. It doesn't matter what happens. And it said no questions asked for 30 days. I could return it, and I did it. And you can judge me, and that's fine. But I got me a new stove. I have met a lot of burnt-out Christians over the years. A lot of burnt out believers because they haven't read the warranty. They, have, they don't know what the scripture, they don't know what the Bible app says for their lives. They don't know that the app, the book, they don't know that the Bible says that the weak can say that they're strong and that the poor can say that they're rich. They don't know that the warranty says that a just man falls seven times but he gets back up Again, ladies and gentlemen, there are benefits to serving the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a benefit package that's better than Anthem and Blue Cross and Blue Shield. It's better than any life insurance you ever have bought. I, we have a benefit package that if you knew it, you would stop fretting about sin. You would stop fretting about the devil. You would stop fretting about whatever weapon that has been formed against you prospering. If you really knew what benefit package you'd have, you would want Walk around. If you're short, you'd walk around tall. If you were fearful, you'd walk around with strength. Because when you read the benefit package, you understand why we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Give him praise in the house tonight.
a few years ago, my brother bought me Tony's Titanium Knives. He bought me this knife, and it came with a lifetime guarantee that, the, that nothing ever goes wrong with the knife. And if somehow it did, you got a lifetime guarantee that you could call back and get a new set of knives. Well, the knives broke. I called the number. Tony Titanium's knives has gone out of business. I said, well, what about the warranty? They said, yeah, that died with the company. So the lifetime guarantee wasn't really a guarantee because there was an expiration on it. I want you to know that if God said it for you, there's no expiration date on it. It's not going to go bad. He doesn't cancel it. If he said he's going to heal you, he will heal you. If he said he's going to save your children, he will save your children. If he said he'll pick you up if you fall seven times, then you can rest assured that when you fall, his hand of mercy will pick you back up. It's the benefits of serving the Lord. Amen. So here's the benefit package, Psalms 103. It says, forget not all of his benefits. For there are benefits. There's good things to serving the Lord. Some people teach Christianity as if it was Greek mythology, the way we learned in, in, in elementary school about Zeus. You remember Zeus? Zeus was that Greek mythological god that stood in, 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 at the top of the Greek heaven with a lightning bolt. I got to stop playing with the mic. I almost broke it yesterday. That's why I'm selling more books. I like went and got those at Walmart. I'm kidding. But I don't want to break the mic. But Zeus would stand with a lightning bolt. And anytime he got mad, he'd zap one of the Greeks. He's, he, if, if, if you did wrong, he'd, that's not your God. That's not your God. We don't serve an angry God. We don't serve a God who's looking to condemn the world. We serve a God who came to save the world. We serve a God who wants good things for you. We serve a God that says he wants to bless you and he has plans to prosper you. The Bible says he has plans for your good and not for your evil. You have a God that's for you and that's fighting for you and he's making a way for you. You have a God that, has, that loves you so much he knew you were going to mess up. He knew you were going to sin. He he knew you were going to fall short, but even with that, he sent his only begotten son so that no one would perish, but that all would have an opportunity to eternal life. He knew you so much, and he loved you so much that he said, I know they're going to mess up, but they're still worth dying for. They're still worth resurrecting for. They're still worth my blood. I'm going to do my best because I love them. That's the God that you serve. So he says, forget not his benefits. Benefit number one, he forgives all of your sins. All. You ought to praise God right there. He forgives all of your sins. That means there is nothing that you have done. There's nowhere that you have gone. There's nothing that you have said that can cancel out the power of the blood of Jesus. There's nothing that your mom did, your grandmother did, your culture did, your race did, or your nationality did that can cancel out the power that is in the blood of Jesus. When you're washed in the blood, the Bible says he takes those sins, he washes you, and he throws them in the sea of forgetfulness where no one can and remember them again. That's a powerful promise because the Bible says you got an accuser who stands in front of the Father and he says, Hey, Father, hey, you remember? You remember when Sally did so? And God says, no. You remember where Michael was last Friday? No. Do you remember what the Smith family said two years ago? No. Why? Because it's washed under the blood of the Lamb. 
you ought to rejoice tonight. God doesn't remember what you did last year. He doesn't remember what you did 10 years ago because when he forgave you, he forgot your sin. That's how good his mercy is. That's how awesome his redemption power is. He forgives all of your sins. One of the greatest curses on the earth is the spirit of condemnation. And that spirit will come, and we now, you know, we call it a lot of things nowadays. We call it insecurity. Sometimes we call it anxiety. And I'm not diminished. I'm just talking about the root cause. Condemnation is that thing that creeps up and tells you that you're not good enough, that you'll never be good enough, that you're not qualified enough. Condemnation is that spirit when you're trying to live for God that will come and remind you of all the bad things that you have done. Condemnation is that thing that will come when you're trying to pray and, rem and, and remind you of some dumb thing you should in a watch two weeks ago. Condemnation is that spirit that will come and creep in your ear and say your daughter's going to fail just like you failed. That, that, that's the spirit of condemnation. But the Bible says resist the devil and he shall flee. You know how you resist condemnation? You pay it no mind. You pay it no attention because he has no right to be talking in your ear. He has no right to be getting in your head. The Bible says in the book of Genesis chapter 2, upon thy belly shall thou dwell and the dust shall thou eat. Get the devil out of your ear and put him back under your feet and walk in redemption power. God who loves you has forgiven all of your sins. Hallelujah. He forgives all of my sins. All of my sins. Past, present, and future. I'm walking in redemption power power that doesn't give me that doesn't give me a free card to sin and live any way I want but it does let me know that if I fall he is faithful and just to forgive me of a multitude of sins you ought to rejoice there because that promise isn't just yours but it's your children's promise as well so when the enemy comes and he attacks your children those children were presented before the throne of almighty God if they've been baptized in his name and they've been filled with the Holy Ghost that promise belongs to them as well your God their God will forgive their sins as well hallelujah he forgives all of my sins all of my sins he forgives the things I shouldn't think about he should he forgives when I get upset and he forgives all of it he's a good father He's a good father. He's a good, good father. And then it says, he heals all of my diseases. Now, this is sometimes controversial for people and hard for them to understand because they say, well, if God heals all of my diseases, then how can you explain people that pass away? And people, and, and people legitimately have asked me, they said, how can you preach healing after what happened to your family? Now, you could say that this is a spin, but I'm going to tell you the honest to God truth, what I believe with my whole heart. I believe God healed Jessica. I believe God healed Corey because the day that they passed from this earth, they stepped into glory and there is no cancer in heaven. There is no colon cancer. There is no leukemia. There is no diabetes. There is no HIV. There is no arthritis. There's no crutches. There's no wheelchairs. There's no anxiety. There's no depression. But we walk in perfect health, perfect wealth, and perfect joy. And the day that they passed from this earth, even though it hurt me, God brought complete healing and rest 
restoration to their body. So it lets me know, it lets me know that he heals all of our diseases. Some of them here and definitely all of them there. But I know one thing. He is the healer of every disease, every sickness, every pain, and every infirmity. And I don't care if all you have is a cough today. I'm declaring that in the name of Jesus, God will heal your cough. He'll heal your headache just like he'll heal somebody's tumor. That's how good of a God we have. We had a prophecy over our family. There was a prophetic word that came to our family that leukemia was going to have to bow its knees at the name of Jesus. And Jessica passed away, and I didn't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm honest. I'm transparent. I questioned how did leukemia bow its knees when she just passed away. It wasn't until we got to the funeral and her three babies were baptized in water in the name of Jesus that it dawned on me it was right then and there that what the devil meant for evil, God turned it into something good and and leukemia had to bow its knees at the name of Jesus because our worst day turned into our best day because when we should have been just talking about death, we were talking about new life. When we should have best been sorrowful, we had joy. When we should have been focused on sickness, we were seeing healing happening at the same, at the same place. Why? Because God heals all of our diseases. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. It doesn't matter how severe or how minuscule and small your condition is. We live in a wonderful country. You ought to thank God every day that you live in the United States of America. Don't take it for granted that you live here. You should be thankful for the advanced medicine that we have. You should be thankful for the therapy and the doctors that we have. I'm not anti-doctor. I'm not anti-medicine. This is my this is my personal opinion. If the doctor does something that helps you, it's because God gave him the wisdom to help you. If you take medicine and you're healed because of the medicine, God still gets the glory because God created the nutrients and he created the ingredients that are in the medicine that healed you. If he heals you by the prayer of faith, it's not the man that prayed the prayer, but it's God who answers the prayer. So whether it's through the doctor's wisdom, whether it's through the nutrients in the medicine, or whether it's through the prayer of faith, it doesn't matter how you see it, God still gets the glory because he created the medicine, gave the wisdom to the doctor, and he answers the prayer of faith. But one thing is for certain, he heals all of our diseases, all of them, all of them. Someone asked, well, why is it that you see more miracles? Not just me, but anyway, why is it that one sees more miracles overseas than we see here? Some of that's simple. What, what it, it used to be that we could just simplify and say, well, they have a lot more faith over there. I don't know that's always true. One thing is for certain, for most of them, this is their only hope. If you go to a third world country, if you ever have the opportunity to do a mission trip, when Life, when Life Church forms a mission trip and they, and, and they go somewhere, go on that trip and I want you to see what it's like to go to a clinic in a third world country. And you watch that line wrap around a clinic. It could be three, four, five hours long. Sometimes you don't have time to wait in the line, woman with the issue of blood. Sometimes you don't have time to wait and so you have to press through. And so they hear there's a healing crusade. They hear there's a revival. They find churches that are open and they go and people pray and they're instantly healed. It's simply because they have no other alternative but to come to the house of God. Now that's a great place to be. Now we live in a we, we live in a country where where it's a blessing and a curse because sometimes we leave God as our last resort when He should still be our first resort. But we live in a country with advanced medicine that is because of the Lord your God. He gave that wisdom. So again, whether it be through the doctor, the medicine, or the prayer, God heals 
all of our diseases. I have seen God heal cancer. I've seen him heal diabetes. I've seen people come out of wheelchairs and crutches. I've seen the, I've seen the deaf hear. I've seen the blind see. I've seen it even this past year in Mexico while Gina, Gina came with me and she sang How Great Thou Art. We, there's a video on, on Facebook about it. She started singing How Great Thou Art. I had not made the altar call and by the time she, while she was singing, when I opened my eyes, there was about 1,500 people in the altar. They came before the altar call and they're worshiping and praising God in the altar and there was a lady in a wheelchair. Nobody laid hands on her. Nobody helped her. Instantly she stood up out of the wheelchair and started walking and there's photos of her. She has a brace. It's like wrapped around her body and she says, I have a broken, I have a broken this, I have a broken, I don't even remember everything that's broken. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even going to make it up so that I don't say the wrong thing, but this is broken, this is broken, this is broken and the doctor said I would never walk. I just stood up under the power of God. We saw it with our very own eyes at the beginning of February in Mazatlan, Mexico and that God that moved in Mexico is your God. That's the God of this church. He is able to heal every and all disease. That's part of your benefit package. So he forgives your sins. He heals your, your diseases. He redeems you from death. He redeems you from death. Your sentence because of sin should be death. But he redeems you from the curse of sin and he gives you new life. That's part of the, re that's part of the benefit package of being part of the family of God. You're not going to die in your sin. You're going to die and receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to them that love him because of the benefit package. Because he redeems us. Redemption power. Redemption. You're redeemed. That means you're no longer subject to the curse. You're no longer subject to the sentence. That means that you had to pay this, but you've been redeemed. That means you no longer owe the debt. You no longer have to pay the price. Why? Because Jesus paid it all. You owe nothing to man. You owe nothing to hell. You owe nothing to sin. You owe nothing to this world because the Lord your God is your redeemer. He's the God that redeems you. Hallelujah. That's part of your benefit package. And he crowns you with love and tender mercy. He doesn't redeem you and then walk you all the way to the car. Why'd you do that? You don't, why'd you do that? The way, you know, I, I mean, I know you don't because you're so nice with your kids, but back in the 80s, they, you know, you almost knew when somebody's in trouble in church because they're, you, the, the mom would, it's, it's the kid that was holding hands like this and just, and you could, and once they got to the lobby, you'd see the mom just go, why'd you do that in the church? And the kid She's going to redeem him. From his, mis from his misgivings. That's not how God redeems you. He crowns you with love and tender mercies. I, I remember my mom, my mom used to tell, and I, and I hope I remember all of, I, I hope, I, I don't know that I remember all the details. It just came in my head while I was thinking about that story. My mom used to tell a story in Sunday school about this, mo this, mama, this mama duck who had little ducklings, and, and she was trying to, and, and one of the ducklings went and played in the tar. You know, they're supposed to be swimming, and, and, and the duckling got in the tar, and the mama duck, and I don't, I, don't, I don't even know why I got into the story, but the mama duck said, it'd be easy to just leave you as you are, but you're mine. I, and I don't remember all the parts to the story, but the thing is that when God found us, when, let's, just be, let's just be real. Let's take our church face off, but just don't look to the left or the right, because you know people judging you right now. Let's just be honest right now. When God found you, he found 
you in a pile of sin. He found us in a pile of mess. He found you and I both know I don't care how long you have spoken in tongues. I don't know how many good things you have done. Everyone in this room knows that there are some stuff in your life that God really didn't have to forgive. But when he redeemed you, he didn't judge you. He didn't slap you. Why did you do that? Don't you know who you are? Don't you know what your pet is? I've, I've redeemed. I sent my son to die on the cross and you're out there doing all that stuff. No, he didn't do that. He crowned you with love and he judged you with tender mercy. He is faithful and he is just. He is slow to anger and he's quick to mercy because your benefit package says you get redemption power. Hallelujah. This is longer than 15 minutes. You're supposed to shut me down at 15, sir. <laughs> he fills my life, and I'll end with this. He fills my life with good things. You know, God has revealed truths to the body of Christ throughout the years. And then sometimes man takes them and exaggerates them or makes them, uh, man, man contaminates them. Let me put it that way. When the message of the Holy Ghost hit the 20th century, when people started getting baptized in the Holy Ghost, when Pentecost, the, 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 the renewal of the revival of Pentecost, if you will, because Pentecost has always been around. But when people started being baptized in the Holy Spirit in the number that it is now, since 1901 till to now, it, it, was, it, was, it was a God thing. It was a God sin. And then we started getting into some stuff that people would call wildfire because it was just, it was just you know, it, because we're, it just things were happening and people didn't, and, and people started, you know, they, they took it places it shouldn't have gone, just like the message of prosperity. The Bible says here in Psalms 103, I want to clarify what I'm going to have to say. There's a reason why I'm saying it. Psalms 103 says, he fills my life with good things. Your God wants you to be blessed. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to have more than enough. He wants you to have everything you need. We contaminate it when we turn that Bible verse into a Mercedes and a Cadillac. We contaminate that verse when we turn it into a seven-bedroom mansion rather than ex be able to thank God for the house we have, the car we have, the food we have, the job we have. But God wants you to have good things. God does not want his children walking around in extreme poverty to the point where they can't provide for your children. God doesn't want that kind of life. The Bible says the Lord gives righteousness. The Lord, he fills my life with good things. Well, let's, what, what are good things? The Bible says if you found a woman, if you found a wife, you have found a you found a good thing. So if you got a good spouse, you might as well thank God. You have a good thing. If you have children, they're good, I promise. I know you're going through a trial right now, but I promise at the end you'll really love them. If you have a job, you have a good thing. Uh, let's and I, I, this isn't. I'm not turning it into some kind of patriotic message. But if you live in the United States, you have a good thing because you're richer than about 95 percent of the rest of the world right now. God gave you a good thing. If you've been saved from your sins, you have a good thing. If you have a Bible, you have a good thing. If you have a personal walk with God, you have a good thing. You got a pastor, you have a good thing. You got some friends, you have good things. Stop looking in the mirror and saying nothing is working out for me and my life stings and there's nothing good in my life. No, no, no. Rebuke that, rebuke that and turn around and take inventory and look at all the good things that God has put in your life. Look at the great church that he's put you in. Look at the great pastors he's given you. Look at your family. Look at your children. And let your eyes be open. God has filled my life with 
good things, hallelujah, to the Lamb. And I end with this. Stand with me as we close. Musicians are shutting me down right now. It says, my youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, I'm going to tell you, I haven't, studied, I haven't studied eagles enough to know exactly what that means, so I won't make it up. But I understand the word renewed. It lets me know that if I'm losing something, he renews it. God is renewing your youth. He's renewing your strength. He's renewing your vitality. He's renewing your passion. And verse 6, and this is where I'll end. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. Verse 8, the Lord is compassionate and merciful. He's slow to get angry. And he's filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us, nor remain angry. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we do deserve. For his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the high of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are. One of the greatest tricks of the enemy is to make you feel like you're an anomaly. You're different. You got a devil. Nobody else deals with the demons that you deal with. No one else has the thoughts that you have. No one else's marriage is struggling like yours is. No one else is being tempted the way you're being tempted. It's a lie from the enemy. It's a lie. It's a lie. He knows how weak we are. He knows. You remember when you had little babies at home and you knew? You knew they couldn't stand. You knew they couldn't walk. You knew they couldn't feed themselves. What did you do? Did you just throw food on the floor and say, well, you just got to figure it out? I hope not. If you do, I got a government agency I want you to talk to. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. It's not how you treated your kid. Because you loved them. You knew their weakness. You knew what they were lacking. And you also were good enough to know that they couldn't stay in that condition. So they had to mature. Now, if you're still doing that with your 32-year-old son, I got a different I got a different counselor I want you to talk to. His, his unfailing love is so good that he knows when to hold on and he knows when to let go. You know how I taught my kids to walk? By letting go. Because could you imagine if I was still having to walk my 13-year-old by the hand all the time? And that 14-year-old stepson of mine who's taller than me changed all the light bulbs in the house. Could you remember? Could you imagine if I was like this? At some point we had to let go so that they'd learn how to walk. Not because we stopped loving, but because we loved them enough that we began trusting that their little feet could gain some balance and take a step. And then, and then when they took that step, you know what we did on the other side? We took a step. 
Because we weren't teaching them how to take a step. We were teaching them how to walk. And so out of love, we let go. For the person that's here and says, I feel like God's let go. What if it? What if? What if? What if he let go because he trusts you to take the next step? What if? What if? This is his, him proving to you, I love you so much, I know you can do it. To the person that says, I haven't heard God. I, I've been coming to him and I just, I just don't hear God. One of, one of the toughest things I'm learning now that I got teenagers is that I can't solve all their problems. I can't buy everything. I can't buy friends. I can't buy A's. I wish I could. I guess I can buy them into, no, don't do that joke. That is so wrong. Don't act like you've never done anything wrong. My God, don't go there. I would like some grape juice and a cracker after church so I could have communion and I, sh I shouldn't have done that. I'm very sorry. I'm learning that I better have had put enough wisdom and knowledge in those kids because they're going to have to make some of the decisions on their own. And there's times that things happen at school that I wish they had their phone so I could call them and say, do this, do this. But, some, but the school doesn't allow it. So I got to trust that even though I can't get a hold of Cole on the phone, I got to trust Cole's going to know what to do in that, temp, in that situation. What if, I'm just saying what if, what if the reason you haven't heard God give you an answer about that thing you've been asking him about, what if it's because he loves you enough to say, you got it. You know enough. I trust you to take this next step. I trust you to make this next decision. These ladies and gentlemen of the Life Church jury, these are the benefits of serving the Lord. Forgiveness, healing, redemption, joy, renewal of youth, and good things. Good things. Unfailing love. A non-judgmental God who knows how weak you are. He knows what you're going through tonight. He knows the pain that's in your body. And he brought you to this service, not by accident, not by coincidence, but divinely ordained of the Holy Spirit because he knew that tonight would be the night for your miracle. Tonight would be the night for your miracle. Tonight would be the night for your miracle. Before we pray for anyone, before we make another move, I want us to sing a song I don't know what we're going to sing, but let's sing unto the Lord and let's create an atmosphere of worship. It's Friday night. I don't think anyone has school tomorrow. I don't think anyone has, I, you might have soccer or something in the morning, but it, we have some time. We've been quick every night, but let's just take a few minutes and let's worship the Lord before anyone makes a move to this altar. Let's fill this house with praise and let's thank him for all of his benefits. Let's worship.
I'm believing that tonight God is going to baptize those that need. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I believe that God is going to fill you with the power of the Holy Ghost tonight. I believe God's going to pour out signs, miracles, and wonders. And that's what I'm going to tell you, what I know about the move of God. Praise and worship. I'm going to preach about praise and worship on Sunday. And I'll repeat what I'm about to say. I'll repeat it Sunday. I'm preaching about praise and worship on Sunday. Praise and worship is like a magnet that draws heaven to the earth. The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. That means that when, like an old song says, when the praises go up, the blessings come down. The glory comes down. And so tonight when you come to this altar, when we pray the prayer of faith for you, create an atmosphere of praise and worship because that's where God inhabits. He inhabits the praises of his people. And when God comes, all of his benefits come with them. All of his goodness, all of his righteousness, all of it comes with him. So if you need a miracle today, if you need healing today, if you need God to do a supernatural work in your life at the count of three, would you join me in this altar? One, two, three, would you come now? I want to pray with you. Just push in, press in. Hallelujah. 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 We're going to keep singing that same song. I thank Jesus for what he's going to do. I thank you, Jesus, for what you're about to do in this house. I thank you, Jesus, for what you're going to do. I thank you that your healing power is here. Your delivering power is here. Your redemptive power is here. coming forward I'm just I'm just organizing this so that I so that we know if you're if you're here tonight and you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues and that's what you're seeking tonight you're here and you say Pastor Tony I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of tongues if that's why you came forward would you raise your hand so we would know who you are okay there's one that's here is there anyone else two thank you anyone else after two hands go up it should be easy for anyone else there's three thank you sir anyone else all right i need someone holy ghost filled from life that'll help me pray people through to the holy ghost to help me pray with those three individuals let me talk let me talk about four thank you let me talk about the baptism of the holy spirit for a moment i'll do it in two minutes or less and then i'll focus on healing bible says this is the promise of the father that means that it belongs to everybody. If he's your father, it belongs to you. You don't have to beg for it. You receive it. It's a gift. Who makes you beg on Christmas? That's a don't. That's mean. You don't have a mean God. We just read. He's not mean. He's, he loves you. He has the gift of the Holy Ghost for you. The Bible says, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. If, you're fle if you pinch yourself and it hurts, you're flesh. You qualify for the Holy Ghost. So if you're flesh, you can receive the Holy Ghost. The person that is spirit-filled that's going to help pray with you, that has already found you, in a few moments is going to lead you through a prayer of repentance. We're just going to make sure the heart's ready to receive it because after this you'll be able to say like the apostle, know ye not that your temple, that, that your heart is the temple of the Holy Ghost and that the Spirit of God dwells on the inside of you. So in a moment somebody's going to help you pray through a prayer of repentance. And we're going to get the heart ready. 
And then I, when I pray, the, I'm going to pray a prayer of faith for everyone in a moment. And when I finish that prayer and I shout the word now, you're going to begin to praise and worship God. That means you tell God how much you love Him, how much you worship Him. And as you're doing that, you're going to begin to speak in other tongues. The Bible, remind me your name, sis, I'm sorry. Sister Mika, the Bible does not say that you will think in tongues. It says you will speak in tongues. You're not going to hear it and then say it. You speak it. Well, I don't know another language. I know you don't. The Holy Ghost does, and he's going to speak through you. Well, why does he do that sign? I don't know. When we get to heaven, you can ask him, though. But all I know is it's that common denominator, since the Holy Ghost was poured out, when people said, how do you know? They said, we heard him speak with tongues. Now, I don't care if you do it for 10 seconds or 10 minutes. We're not, no one's timing you. A little more. Little more. Do you, now you almost got it. You lost it. Oh, so close, but yet so far. No, 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 no. We're not judging you. But the Bible says, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and they shall speak with a new tongue. Not think, speak. So when we pray that prayer of faith and you begin to worship the Lord in whatever languages you know, English, Spanish, French, whatever language you know, as you begin to worship the Lord, just begin to speak in other tongues. And you watch as the Holy Spirit fills you. It's like a river that's overflowing. That's for those that need the Holy Spirit. Now, for those that need the Holy Spirit and ask for that, that, that prayer partner that's with you is going to start talking to you and getting you ready and praying a prayer of repentance with you right now. If you need healing in your body, if you need healing in your body, and if you came up for more than one thing, that's good. He's the God of multiple benefits. He'll give it to you all tonight. If you need healing in your body, physical healing, would you raise your hand so I could see you? All right. That's physical healing. Emotional healing, would you raise your hand? You say, does that mean I'm... No, I, I need emotional healing. I've needed God. Emotional healing is... I, I, if you say I've never needed it, I don't know how that... that you're awesome. I've needed emotional healing. You say, I need spiritual healing tonight. All right. He is the God that healeth thee. The Bible says he sent his word and he healed your disease. The God that you serve, your God, is going to heal tonight. He's going to deliver tonight. He's going to save tonight. He's going to restore tonight. God is going to show that he is still the miracle-working God of the Old and the New Testament tonight. We're going to pray the prayer of faith in a moment. When I pray that prayer of faith, when I finish praying that prayer, and I shout the word now, I want you to give God a shout of praise in this house, and I don't want you to stop praising God until you receive what you came seeking tonight. There's pastors in this room. There's elders in this room that are going to help me lay hands. Why do we lay hands? It, just in case there's someone here that's new. The Bible says if there's any sick among you, call for the elders. And when they pray the prayer of faith, God will heal the sick. If someone anoints you with oil tonight, this is symbolic. So it, it's it's a symbol. It's a symbol. Why do we do it? It's a symbol so that you know the Holy Ghost is sealing you tonight. He's going to seal you in power. He's going to seal you in healing. He's going to seal you in restoration. In Spanish, when someone's baptized in the Holy Ghost, when, when you, you know, in, in, in English we say, yeah, 22 got the Holy Ghost. In Spanish they say 22 fueron sellados. You know what that means? 22 were sealed. 
That's what that word means in Spanish. It, it literally means they're sealed. It's like we're telling people they're sealed. You know what? You know what happens when you're sealed? Nothing can break it open. Nothing can. That that means when when God heals you tonight, that old wound isn't going to open back up again. When God seals you in salvation, hell isn't going to be able to take you back into the pits anymore. God is going to seal you in redemption, in salvation, and healing tonight. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Now, would you raise your hands with me in the presence of the Lord? I need the ministry team to be ready to help me lay hands. Hallelujah. And if you don't need, if you're good, if you don't need healing, you don't need whatever, and you're, and you're walking right with God, these signs shall follow them that believe. Pray for one another. In fact, even if you need healing and you're standing by someone else who needs healing, pray for one another. Let the power of God hit you and then hit the, power, the person that's next to you. Why do we raise our hands? Because we're surrendering to the Lord. We're surrendering to the Lord. I'm going to pray the prayer of faith. And when I shout now, musicians, start playing with everything you got. Singers, start singing with everything you got. If God is before us, who can be that, that part, the bridge, and sing it loud, sing it strong. Church, when I shout now, you give God your shout of praise and watch God move in this house. By the authority of the word of God. By the authority of Psalms 103 that tells us not to forget his benefits. The God that forgives. The God that heals. The God that redeems. The God that restores. The God that loves. The God that saves and does miracle work in God. Upon that word, I speak the word of healing. I speak a word of salvation. I speak a word of redemption. And I speak a word of restoration. By the power that's in the name of Jesus, I take authority over sin, over sickness, over infirmity, and over disease. And in Jesus' mighty name, I cast you out of their lives. I cast you out of their bloodline. And I cast you out of this house. Now by the power that's in the name of Jesus, be healed, be delivered, be restored. And be filled with the Holy Ghost. Receive your miracle now. Receive, receive tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus on Nazareth. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ on Nazareth. I believe for your miracle tonight. In the name of Jesus on Nazareth. In the name of Jesus on Nazareth. I believe for your miracle tonight. In the name of Jesus. I believe for your miracle tonight. I believe for your miracle tonight. In the name of Jesus on Nazareth. In Jesus' mighty name. I believe for your miracle. I believe for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I believe for your miracle tonight. Father, baptize. Father, heal. Father, everything that she needs. Let her walk away with it tonight. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Father, when I lay hands, your glory, your glory, your glory fill the house. In Jesus' name. Signs, miracles, and wonders in this house tonight. 
this house tonight. Signs, miracles, and wonders in this house tonight. Our God is greater, our God is stronger.
your word says, Psalms 103, verse 6, it says, we just read it, it says that you give justice. Verse 5 says, you fill my life with good things. I pray over the people of God tonight that goodness and mercy be their portion. Let them be aware of the good things they have in their life and not take them for granted. And if there is a void of good things, I ask that you would confirm your word and bless them with good things. I command and speak the blessing of the Lord upon your life tonight. The wisdom to obtain wealth. I pray favor over you favor on your job, favor at school. I pray, Lord, a blessing of promotion and unmerited favor be with them every day of their life. Let goodness and mercy follow them everywhere they go. Let goodness be their portion. Let mercy be their inheritance. Let good things happen. And that lie, I feel it so strong tonight to pray against it, that lie from the enemy that keeps telling us that we're not good enough, that we don't qualify for it, that that spirit, I'm going to call it what it is, that spirit that's playing mind games with us, keeping us up at night, causing us to toss and turn, remembering every reason why something good shouldn't happen to us. I bind that spirit in the name of Jesus and I cast it out of their lives in Jesus' name. Let their heart be open. Let their mind have peace. They deserve the goodness of the Lord, not because of what they've done, but because of who their father is. Their father calls them redeemed. Their father calls them worthy. Their father has said they're good of they're worthy of good things. So if the father said it, let it be so in the mighty, mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. One more time, would you give God praise in this house?